So, Angela, what are two truths and one lie? Uh, let's see. I worked in maximum security male prisons for 10 years. Um, I love zip lining. And I have walked on fire and broken glass. Welcome to a whole lot of shift podcast, the podcast for multi-passionate women with an entrepreneurial spirit, where we provide inspiration, motivation, and education to help you shift away from all the shoulds and supposed tos to what's truly possible for you in your business and your life, all on your own terms. You ready, girl? Let's make shift happen. Hey, welcome back to A Whole Lot of Shift. Thank you all for coming. I am here today with Angela Hall, the That Helpful Chick. I am so excited that she's here. We are in a membership coaching group together. And I have to tell you, if you have any tech difficulties, this is your gal. I'm so excited to have her on the show today and have her share her journey into developing a business of her own, and anything else. Welcome, Angela, to the show. Hey, thanks, Jen. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Yes. All right. Well, Angela, as I said, she is that helpful chick. She is a virtual assistant in technology services company. Um, her and her team of techies, and let me tell you, they are techies. They love serving established entrepreneurs as well as any small businesses with things like website design, CRMs, automating processes, and so much more. I have to tell you, anytime any of us in the membership group have any questions, it could be anything from setting up calendar uh, for your business to something more advanced. Angela knows. She just knows it all. So, Angela, I'll actually give you an opportunity. Introduce yourself to the audience. Hi. So, um, I am a professional problem solver, miracle worker, and tech geek. Uh, <laughs> in pretty much every software and tool out there, and been in business for 10 years. So, with all the clients that I've worked with, I just dive in. And so, there's pretty much not I'm not going to say all of them because there's new software developing every day. But anytime I hear of a new one, I tend to, to get get my own account and start playing with it. So I always want to know mm -hmm. the questions to offer to my clients. Um, so I do like to try new technologies and, and see if they're a, a good fit for anybody. So yeah, I love Yeah. That. Oh, well, I'm, I have to tell you, I'm glad that you're one of the people that love to do that because we... <laughs> We need people like you to help others of us who are like, yeah, maybe somebody else could figure this out for me. <laughs> so, okay, before the show, you and I talked and we are going to play a little truth and dare with uh, truth and dare. I lied. No, we're not. <laughs> we're going to play two truths and a lie with the audience. I hope if you're in the audience that you'll play along, but I am going to try to guess. Um, by the end of the, today's episode, what Angela's two truths and one lie were. So I hope that you'll play along. So Angela, what are two truths and one lie? Uh, let's see. I worked in maximum security male prisons for 10 years. Um, I love zip lining. And I have walked on fire and broken glass. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Those are good. All right. So I'm going to, we'll see when we get going uh, in this conversation, if I can figure those out. Me and zip lining, working in a maximum prison, all male, huh? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. I'm curious, Angela, how did, how did you kind of become that helpful chick and start your own business? What was the moment where you were like, okay, I need to make a change in my life. I'm doing something for myself. Oh, well, let's see. I'll probably give you the short version because I would be here all day. Uh, <laughs> well, I was a single mom for years. I raised my daughter by myself. Um, and then as I got older, I don't know, my late 20s, early 30s. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't remember that. Ages, age affects your memory. But I found out I had degenerative discs. Um, so it was getting harder and harder for me to work regular jobs because I can't sit very long or stand very long. And so I didn't work for a while and my daughter was supporting me and didn't like it at all. So I started searching online for just ways I could make enough to, you know, have my own spending money, pay my own expenses. I found a program that taught how to build websites. Uh, it taught affiliate marketing and SEO, search engine optimization. So that's where I got started. And the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Um, I got my first client and she taught me Infusionsoft and ClickFunnels. And it just kind of spring rocketed from there, um, getting more clients and learning more technology. And probably the first, well, yeah, that was my, that was my, in essence, the moment, like me, my daughter supporting me. I was like, no, I have to do something. So yeah. After I had a few clients, I was like, okay, let's make it real. Yeah. That's, wow. That's an amazing story because that's a, you know, it's a difficult position to be in. You know, I have had friends who have had various medical diagnosis who, you know, it, and when it impacts your ability to work, the thoughts and beliefs then that go behind that, it, that's very difficult. And honestly, the way, I think the way our society is set up isn't really conducive to, yeah, to, to, to anybody with any kind of, you know, long-term illness, autoimmune disease, any of those things, right? Like, it's just not, you know, I always love the jobs that are like, well, you can't be absent in your first, like, six months. I'm like, okay, let me just not get sick for six months. You know, it's, it's absurd. So I love that you found something and then kind of found something that you enjoyed and kind of took that took this. How, tell me a little bit of the story. Like, so how did you get that first client? How, what did, what was that like to feel that, Hey, somebody's going to pay me for doing this? Well, one, another woman in the training program I was in, she had a friend in the UK. They're both okay. And she was looking for some help on her help desk. And so that's where I started. I started work help answering mm -hmm. questions at their help desk. Um, and then she just asked me if I wanted to, to learn these other softwares. And I said, sure. And so, like I said, she taught me Infusionsoft and QuickFunnels, which is what she was using at the time. And then I guess the next step I did, like local businesses. I did some website work for a local charity where I lived at the time. And then going into Facebook groups and answering questions. 
just being available and sharing people, you know, helping people. That's the best way uh, to get people to, to see that, that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it just kind of came on from there that people see you answering questions and so they'll message you and say, hey, can we have a conversation? And now fast forward 10 years later, I would say about 90% of my clients come from referrals. So I really don't have to do that anymore. Thank God. Yeah. No, that's, you know, I, cause I think that's one of the struggles where some people, and I've, I've seen, especially anybody who's wanting to be any kind of like virtual assistant or, or anything in that realm of services, you know, getting their portfolio started, you know, getting themselves out there to get those first clients. It can be, I don't want to say it can be difficult because I don't know that it's difficult, but I think the mindset behind it is the most difficult part. I think, I think when we start out, I, at least I know for me, it was, you know, I knew I had, didn't have a lot of experience. So, you know, I was like, you know, if somebody does hire me, am I gonna, am I gonna screw up? Am I gonna not know how to do what they need to do? But I mean, it all, you just have to do it anyway. Do it afraid. Otherwise, you're not going to get anywhere. Because I'll be honest, the first probably three years of my business, I made hardly any money. Um, I was charging way too little. Um, and I was mm -hmm. afraid to put myself out there a lot. And it probably wasn't, uh, I would say, until year four and five that I was heating up to the four and $5,000 a month range. Um, and then I met my uh, business coach. I got on with the business coach at that point. Um, and then my income just kept increasing ever since. So it's just, uh, and even now you just, you just learn. Yeah. That, no, that mindset shift. Yeah. Mindset. The, the, yeah. It's, it's very important. Like one of the things that, it's taken me a long time to learn is that I, I am allowed to be abundant. I'm allowed to make lots of money. Money loves me and I love money. Um, and it's okay. And I, I feel like us as women, especially need to be more comfortable about talking about money with each other. I feel like, you know, like when I grew up, it was, we didn't talk about money. That's just not something that you did, you didn't brag about it. You didn't, um, and I don't even consider it bragging because I'll talk to people now about, and it's my business, like my business makes the income. Right. So I get paid of course, but it's business. The, uh, my gauge is by like business income, getting to that 10 K months and that, you know, six figure years and, and it feels great. And then funnily enough, you get to that point and it's really not. <laughs> oh man i you know there is so much truth to that you always live it's interesting the way income increases somehow you always tend to live right at whatever that is right you're always living just at those means or just above it it's it's interesting and, and of course, as I'm saying that, I'm saying that completely aside from things like inflation or any of those, you know, just aside from that. Yeah. When you're building your business, especially a virtual assistant business, know that you're going to, you're going to have a cap. 
if you just work with yourself. So that's a decision mm. when you're starting out because there's only so many hours in a day. Um, unless you have a really specialty like web design, uh, for example, where you can charge larger prices for one, you know, just one product, but then you have to constantly be looking for new clients because you don't have that recurring monthly income. So you want to think about how you would grow your team and steps that you need to take. And best piece of advice I could give anybody uh, when trying to grow your business is decide, you know, how much do I want to bring, how many hours a month do I want them to take off my plate? What are these, what are these tasks? How long do they take? Um, and then what are you going to pay? And then budget, um, save that money up so that you're working a month ahead of time. So you'll hire somebody and you'll have that money to pay them for that first month. And then the next, during the month, you'll save up the money for the following month, you know, that way you're not right rambling. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great, that's so important as, as well is understanding that at some point in your business, you're going to need to scale. Yeah. And so you're going to need to, whether that means you're outsourcing something or you you become an agency, you want to have an idea. There's only so much of you to go around and you will, you will reach your maximum point, I guess, as far as you can go. Tell me a little bit about that. So how do you, cause that's a really good point of, I think it gets tricky for some folks to decide how do I know I'm ready to scale? Well, yeah, I mean, some people might be okay with making, you could probably get up to you know, a good $5,000 a month by yourself easily, depending on what your services are. So if that, if you're comfortable with that and the numbers make sense for you, you know, that's fine too. It's all about what your life goals, your, what you want in your life. Um, me personally, I, I love to travel. So I want to be able to travel and travel overseas, not just here in the U.S. And so I need, need to make more than $5,000 a month. I just started bringing on team. I hired, brought on another gal from the training group that I was, had learned in and she started working with me. Um, and things to think about as well. If you hire people in the U S if you, I won't go deep into it cause I'm not a professional in tax advice or any, you know, corporation or anything like that. But basically if you're hire people in the U S you have to provide them a W2 if they especially in states like California, they, you can't consider them a subcontractor or an outsourcer if they do the same work you do. Mm. Uh, you might have to bring them on as an employee. So that's something to think about. Uh, the way I've chosen to go is everybody on my team is outside the U.S. So I don't have to worry about W-2s or, or any of that stuff. I can check it off in my taxes as subcontractors and be done with it. I don't have to worry about uh, the laws and the rules and that are ever changing constantly here in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and so far, so, I mean, I've kissed a few frogs, but uh, for the okay. most part, uh, I've, I'm pretty fortunate. Um, I know uh, Kathy's been with me since almost the beginning, so we've known each other for 10 years and become good friends. And oh. I've visited her in Scotland and stayed at her home. And so it's, Right. So now I have two, two in Scotland, uh, one in England, and two in Venezuela. 
uh, at the moment. There's three, sorry, three inventions. Uh, so it's it's all, and I I get that some people feel like we should be hiring in the U.S., but you cannot. It's harder. I'm not going to say cannot. It's harder. It's harder to get because in order for you to make money when they're doing the work, you have to be charging more hourly than what you're paying them hourly. And most people in the U.S., you're going to be paying anywhere from $15-$25 an hour. So that's just a decision that you have to make for yourself. Um, and there's people that hire in the Philippines too. I have nothing against the Philippines. I have just just the way it happened for me. That's just the way it worked out. I, It was people I knew that were the first people that I hired, and they just happened to live in Scotland. So that's, that's the way it worked. And then the Venezuelan, I look at it this way. The people that I've hired in Venezuela, they're educated. They have degrees. The economy is just so poor, there's no work. So I'm mm. providing um, people who are in a bad situation a way to make money. So that's the way I at it, and I can be happier with with my team. Um, they're phenomenal. So, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and I love what you said about you know you're you are still able to provide an opportunity for someone else to work. Mm -hmm. Um, you know those. Those situations vary, and you're you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of regulations in the U.S. as to how we um, how we do that, and and it, I think that's so that's an important point. You know, when people think about hiring for services, and and they hear the price, the thing that you need to take into account what you're paying for those services isn't that you're paying that one person to do work. You're paying for all the other things, the taxes, the benefits. If they need to hire an employee, there's so much more on um, the fact that in the U.S., if you did have those W-2 employees, you probably need a CPA, you know, all those other people for you. So when a service provider provides you with those fees, understand that the fees that they are quoting to you has to allow for all these other things. I would advise getting a CPA anyway. You and Well, yeah. <laughs> so I have... Or at least start with a bookkeeper, a good bookkeeper to help you um, know what you can deduct. There's so many deductions that I didn't know about. Oh my gosh. So it's, and it's going to save you in the long run. And then and check out with your tech professional when and if it's a good idea for you to start working as an S-Core. So I'm an LLC, but I'm going to be filing as an S-Core because it's going to save me a whole lot of money on taxes. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's all legal. It's not any, um, like we're not trying to gain the system or anything. These are all legal things that you can do as a business owner. Um, like hiring, like, um, I have my two nieces that do work for me and I can put them down as, um, uh, again, at, oh, to your tax professional. <laughs> I can have, have, they, I can pay them a certain amount per year and it's deducted, you know, I won't even go into what, what it does for you, but you, and you can hire like your kids, your grandkids between the ages of like seven and 21, I think. Like you can pay them to clean or whatever. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that you can do as a business. Um, so even getting uh, a consultation with a CPA, if you're not ready to hire is probably a good idea. 
uh, and learn that stuff early on. And definitely, I know it doesn't, it, it didn't make sense to me when I first started. I didn't open my business checking account until years into my business, but go ahead and do it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a business checking account. It can just be a second account where you can track money going from one account to the, to the other. And that's going to help you. Your bookkeeper in the future is going to thank you. Your, whoever does your taxes, they're all going to thank you and you're going to be thankful uh, for doing that as well. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you bring up some, some really good points. Not just, um, you know, the first being, can you do certain things versus should you in your business? So, for example, can you do your own taxes? You could. <laughs> um, should you? Is that, you know, it kind of gets into that question of, is that a good use of your time as a business owner, as well as something like that that's constantly changing and, you know, there's constantly updates. Just hire a professional. Just like somebody's coming to hire me, um, and back to what you said earlier, when you're hiring somebody, um, and I've had a few clients like this, and and it's almost like because they're hiring what they call a virtual assistant, it's almost like they don't feel like you're a real business, and they don't tend to treat you that way. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have clear guidelines. So. And it'll take a while. I know at first I was, I would like, I would take whoever would hire me just so I can make some money. Um, but then as you get into your business more, I'm more discerning. Like in the back of my mind, when I'm having that initial call, I'm thinking, would I invite this person to a barbecue at my house? Because if we're going to be working with each other for a while, I want to like you, you know? I, yeah. It's not about just the money. We're going to be working together. And if you're going to frustrate the hell out of me on a daily basis, no, I don't want to work with you. And people need to understand when, when you're hiring, so you're not, you're not paying me hourly. Get that out of your head. You're not paying me hourly. You're paying me for my knowledge. So, cause if you could do what I could do, you would be doing it. Or you might be in a point in your business where you do know how to do it. You just don't want to do it. And that's fine too. Right. And it took me a long time. Like I said, when I started out, I wasn't charging, but now I'm confident in my knowledge, in my abilities, and my rate is my rate. And if you can't afford it, I'm sorry. And we can't work together. I'm not, I don't do discounts. I don't discount. Um, I know some virtual assistants who will, like, if you buy more hours, they'll discount the rate. I don't do that either because my work's not discounted. So I don't do discounts. And it's, to me, it's just fair. Like if you're a coach, say, for example, if you're a business coach, you're not going to discount somebody if they pay for a whole year with you. It's still going to be the, well, you might, you like, well, some people will give two months. But that's, you know, it's, you're not changing your hourly rate. You're just, you know, right. They're paying you for your experience. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so true. Um, you know, paying not just for the work, but for the expertise that it, there's just so much more to it and good for you for, you know, holding those, those boundaries. Um, I think you said some things that are really important. If you are a service provider of any sort, whether you're a coach, a VA, what have you really recognizing who your ideal client is. <laughs> 
and the kind of clients you're going to want to be excited to wake up every day and serve. It's really going to make a difference. And then, of course, you know, knowing your your boundaries and being able to to stick to them. That's you brought up like some phenomenal points as a as a business owner, you know, because it's it's always interesting, you know. We, we, of course, we live in a world where everything's a negotiation. And so the questions are going to come up and you need to know what, the, again, the mindset behind knowing your worth and your value and being able to hold your boundaries is a really big part, part of having your own business. Business is business. Oh, man, these are so, these, you're providing so many good tidbits like just so many nuggets. So I'm curious for somebody just starting out. So like, and I, it, I'm going to ask this because I get asked this question for somebody who is just starting out, maybe they're wanting to launch their own um, VA business and start, you know, obviously getting clients just for themselves. They're not an agency yet or what have you. What would be the biggest piece of advice you could provide? I would say if it's what you truly want, then never give up. What I've always told my daughter um, raising her is you only need three things in order to get what it is you want in life. And one first thing is to decide what it is you want, like know what mm. you really want, then figure out what you have to do to get it and then just do it no matter what those three steps. Now, starting out with a virtual assistant business, like I said earlier, Start joining groups like me as a, a techie VA. So I would join groups like Funnels and Infusionsoft, all the technology-based Facebook groups where people are asking questions about how to do things inside the technology. So I would go in there and I would answer those questions. Find where your clients are, find those Facebook groups or whatever groups that you can just answer questions so people can see you know what you're talking about and they will reach out. I never would respond to those posts where people would say, oh, I'm looking for this, this, and this, because hundreds of mm. people respond to those. And so I just, and that's just my personal thing. You're welcome to. That is an option. You might get lucky. It just never sat well with me. I mean, I don't want to be a face in a sea of faces. Um, so right. I would rather answer individual questions. And so there's more of a spotlight on you in that way as well. And join virtual assistant groups. There's tons of them out there to network, get to know other virtual assistants, or you can ask questions as well. Um, there's plenty of them, great, helpful. I can't think of the group right now, but the woman who runs it is Susan Rashawn, and she has a fantastic Facebook group for uh, virtual assistant beginners. Um, she has free training, um, and you can ask questions in there. And... So that would be my best advice for someone just starting out um, where to get clients and where to get answers. I love that. Yeah. And and just keep going. You know, it's, I mean, I think everybody's going to have those thoughts, whether, whether you're running a business of your own, whether you're working in a job, no matter what, those thoughts can come up of, well, what if I don't know the answer? What if I can't help this person, right? The, the important thing is knowing that you can find the answer. There's support out there. And no matter who it is, none of us know all the answers. 
I'll, I'll have people, um, potential clients come to me and we'll get on a call and I say, okay, have you ever worked in this software? If I haven't, I tell them I have not. But I will tell them, I said, but I have worked in hundreds of other softwares. And if you would like, I'll, if you don't mind giving me your login, I'll go take a look. If I don't feel like I can help you, I will tell you right away and I won't charge you for the time. Um, but if I can help you, then I'll let you know that as well. And then I give them a quote for what it would cost for me to help. So that's how I deal with it because I, I don't know everything, but most right. are similar. So at this point, I, I'm not intimidated by any software there. Are, I've only come across one that I absolutely will not work in and that's MailChimp. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I feel like at 50 years old, I'm, I'm at the point where I can say, I'm not going to work anything in anything that frustrates the hell out of me. And that's what matchup does. So no, <laughs> I won't do it. There, and honestly, there's so many other platforms like it that are out there. It's not necessary, you know, and it's pretty competitive. It's not like that one has something so unique that you don't have a competitor available. There are so many better options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I, I love that, that you're able to offer that, that service of complete transparency, you know, with clients of, Hey, no, I maybe don't know this, but here's what I can still do for you. I think, I think just being open and honest and transparent about what you can or can't do is, is really the key for anything. Okay. So I do want to dig into my favorite part of the show, which is trying to guess the two truths and a lie. Okay. So remind us again, Angela, what were your two truths and one lie? I worked in a maximum security mail prison for over 10 years. Um, I love zip lining and I've walked on fire and broken glass. Okay. This is tricky because I feel like two of these are like adventurous, like that type of person. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to guess them all and then you can tell me what I got right. I'm going to say that you have walked on fire or glass or whatever. And I'm going to say you did work in a prison and you do not like zip lining. That's correct. What? Is it really? Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. You, how do I not know this about, when did you, so you worked in a prison, huh? For 10 years. And I just kind of fell into that too. I actually started at a, um, a county jail. That was my first experience with it. And then as positions in prisons opened up, I, you know, applied and got there. And then eventually I ended up in a federal prison. Um, and they were all maximum security mail prisoners. Wow. Wow. Oh, man, I bet you got some stories. And I will not be sharing those here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right? No, I completely get it. I I worked in, in law enforcement for many years as well. Now, obviously, I was in the administrative side. But, you know, one of the, when I first started, I was very young. I was 19. And so one of the first things that I learned how to do was to transcribe all the, um, all the reports, the detective reports, um, things like that. And so I already heard a lot there. I eventually made my way 
to, to the professional standards unit. And so I always say, tell people, yes, I have stories, but I will have to take them to my grave. So <laughs> just know that I know things. Yeah. It's the kind of person I tell you. It really does. Mentally, it is. Yeah. Oh, man, I bet we could swap some stories. That is amazing. So tell me, so then you walked on fire? I did. Um, well, I actually did more than that. I attended a, I guess you could call it a retreat. It was, it was called Mastery is what it's called. And, and we did various things, um, team building exercises and, and stuff to build your own working on your inner self. And so what a, we did various things. We did the zip lining. We did walked on fire. We walked on broken glass. We bent rebar between two people on our on our chest, and then oh my gosh, broken arrow on our neck. Um, just all kinds of uh, bending spoons and forks, and so yeah, it was a uh, had some time in a sweat lodge. It was an amazing experience. Wow. Now, had you already gotten into being having your own business by the time you did this? Yeah, this was actually just not last year, but the year before, I think, 21 in December. So only about a year ago. Yeah, matter of fact, that's oh my gosh, my arrow behind me. You can almost see the broken. Oh. My How awesome is that? I got to keep my rebar. So yeah, it was, it's empowering, like really. And yeah. I'm just so grateful to have experienced it. Wow. Oh my gosh. And you know, so much of that is exactly why when I was, when I was coming up with names of podcasts and I had like a couple of names that in Angela knows, cause I would share some of them in the, in the group. But one of the things that I came when I thought about the shift that we make um, as we do things like going to business for yourself and having to really work on your self-belief and, and all of this other self-development that goes along with it, that it, it's so important and it, it can completely change your business. So, wow, what an opportunity. What an opportunity. Yeah, that's what, amazing. What you said about working on yourself. So I've, I've been working on myself for over four years and I, I attribute that to my success now because mm. at a certain, I feel like you, some, some of us, me, you get to a certain point in your business. It's almost like you hit a plateau. Like when you're trying to lose weight, you know, you lose a lot of weight and then you're like, plateau, and then you have to do something a little different. And I think our mindset is what, because we, we get these thoughts in our head and we, um, and, and all through our life, when I was raising my daughter, you know, if you, anybody's a parent out there, you have those moments like, okay, I'm screwing this kid up for life, but you just have preach. To, you have to just learn to not dwell in those moments, which has been a big lesson that I've learned over this past year in 2022 is learning how to recognize. I think that's the first step, recognize those thoughts first, mm -hmm. because sometimes we get in those thoughts and we don't even realize it. And then we, we sit there for an hour and self pity and like, oh, I can't do this. And 
you don't suck your stuff. <laughs> so yeah, recognizing it and being able to do a little turn on it and so you can move forward. Because if we're just thinking about all the negative all the time, that's, you know, what you focus on expands. So if you're thinking always on the negative, only see the negative side of things, that's all you're ever going to see. So it's time to flip that, doing that. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> uh, look at the, uh, looking at what's good, um, instead of always looking at what's mm, Looking at what's good. I like that. I like that. Well, Angela, you've provided so much insight. It's been such a pleasure. I want to know if anybody out in the audience wanted to connect with you, uh, maybe they could use your services or they would just love to connect. How can, how could they do that? Um, they can either go to my website. Uh, there's links all over the place. Uh, my direct link to my calendar is bookacall.pro. So you can go there as well and just a call on my calendar. Awesome. Awesome. Thathelpfulchick.com. I love it. I love it. And for those of the audience, I know I've already said it a couple of times. I'm telling you, Angela is super helpful. All things tech. So I definitely recommend if you're looking for any tech services, VA tech services, give her a shout. All right. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure. I'm going to be sure to share the link to your website and your calendar um, and all of that in the show notes. So be sure to look there. If you played along with two truths and a lie, if you would comment below with what you thought, um, and what your guesses were, I would love to hear. So it's been such an honor, Angela, and I really thank you. Oh, thank you, Jen. That's it's been fun. I enjoyed it. Um, maybe I'll come back again sometime. <laughs> yes, you'll have to join, um, join our Facebook group, Whole Lot of Shift Facebook group, because we do have, um, coffee chats in there. And I love having guests back for a little, casual coffee chat where we can maybe talk things that aren't business. Maybe we got some other firewalking stories that we can share and dive into a little bit there. So for if, if you want to um, join the group for some of those bloopers and added bonuses. So yes, you'll have to join and um, we'll have to get you on one of those coffee chats. Sounds good. All right. Well, until next time, thank you all for joining us today and keep making shift happen. Hey shifters, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Whole Lot of Shift. If you heard something today that inspired you or resonated with you, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review to help others as well. Your review helps me give as much motivation and inspiration as I possibly can. And don't forget, you can catch all the outtakes, bonuses, special live stream interviews, and much more over at A Whole Lot of Shift Facebook group. Until next time, keep making shift happen.